The George Armitage movies we talked about so far have definitely been of their time. But while the waterbed lovemaking of Private Duty Nurses is pretty 70s, and the Bernie Casey blaxploitation flick Hitman is pretty 70s, you can get none more 70s than Armitage's third film, Vigilante Force. How 70s is Vigilante Force, you ask? Well, Vigilante Force is a sticking it to the man blue collar movie. Vigilante Force features a young Victoria Principal and Bernadette Peters. Vigilante Force features Jan de Bond. Most importantly, Vigilante Force prominently features Chris Christopherson's Harry Harry Chess. That, my friends, is 70s made celluloid. Released in 1976, Vigilante Force is one of the first movies to deal with the post-Vietnam malaise, as Christopherson plays Aaron Arnold, a Special Forces soldier retiring to his rural community to forget the things he did for his country. But when Aaron's younger brother, Ben, gets tired of the corruption and gangs running wild in the city, he hires Aaron as sheriff. With a bunch of old military buddies as deputies, Aaron brings order to the town with an authoritarian fist, one that squeezes the city so hard they soon look for relief from the same person they brought in to save them. It's a goofy premise to be sure, and there's a lot of fun with the violence and brawls that break out. But Armitage also shoots it with real affection for the anarchy that constantly breaks out, and it's more thoughtful than, say, the canon movies that deal with similar themes at the time. Will Blake and I bring order to the unruly gaggle of John Cusack fans, or will they don black suits and hold their own new revolution? Find out in today's episode of So Gross, Such Point, Much Blank. so gross such point much blank the only gross point blank podcast once again still haven't checked up on that claim i'm one of your hosts blake collier and with me the desirable joe george we are keeping on keeping on with the third film in the oeuvre of george armitage the exploitation flick vigilante force from 1976 starring perhaps one of the greatest songwriters of all time chris christopherson are you starting to see a trend here joe a trend. Well, I'm seeing several trends. Which one are you seeing? I'm well, mainly the outsider trend. But yes. I would say trying to bring uh, people that have kind of become character actors uh, in in more recent films, uh, getting their start with Armitage. I mean, you look at uh, some of the Greg Henry, which, which we'll talk about with yep. Hot Rod, and and a lot of people that you just start seeing in films later on that you like. Uh, yeah. but they're not necessarily star actors uh, that are taking having star turns <laughs> in the films of Armitage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even in just interesting bit parts um, as well. One of my favorite things about this is is Bernadette Peters playing Little D, yes. uh, who's this this kind of demure, uh, totally different character than we've seen her than at least I've seen her play mm-hmm. in anything else. And 
she doesn't really serve the plot, but it's just it's it's really nice flavoring that's going on there. So yeah, absolutely. He's yeah. he's got a an eye for casting, which helps when you're making these kind of low budget exploitation films at least yes. at the start. For sure, for sure. What is your general? I, I think for the most part, we'll we'll have pretty much good gr- agreement on this film. But what is your general take of Vin- Vigilante Force in the first place? How'd you? How'd you? I like it? it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Like it's 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 silly to be sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, and but I found myself I, I was sitting in the back of the restaurant the first time I watched this, uh, working on something else, and just laughing out loud at how ridiculous and over the top the 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 various brawls that break out are i mean it's like i said in the intro it reminds me of of a canon movie or you know maybe a little classier like robocop or something like that you know where the streets are nothing but violence except it's he's having a good old boy time with it you know when the, the music kicks in and then you know when 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 it happens in something like a canon movie, Charles Bronson comes in and he kills everybody and we're supposed to cheer for the pseudo fascist uh, uh, hero that happens mm-hmm. in here. And that that happens in this movie as well. But then it critiques it in a way that's just way smarter than most exploitation movies of its time. So given the the private duty users, which I did not care for very much at all. And Hitman, which I, I was kind of cool on this. This is the first one where I great. I like yeah. this movie a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in total agreement on that. I, I really found this to be a breath of fresh air. Uh, I mean, yeah. I grew up on those, on the Canon films of yeah. Charles Bronson and, oh man, I, I can't even think of all the ones that I probably watched when I was a young kid, <laughs> uh, warping my mind as, as, as I got older. But, uh, Man, I the the simple turn because you 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 have especially people who live in this day and age looking back on this film, you have expectations on how the on how the narrative is going to go. Yep. You you expect Chris Christopherson to be a man of principle. Yep. Um, to to come in, turn the town around, you know, basically pull a standing tall. Yes. Uh, and yes. and so and then you you start to see that he's becoming what he's supposed to come in and 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 destroy. Yeah. And that's that's brilliant. Like that's yep. something I don't see very often, even in modern day film. Yep. Um he's not your simple hero. He's he's a man of principle, but his principle is himself. Yes. And and, and his buddies. I just really enjoyed that turn. Uh and, and I really appreciate that Armitage for whatever, you know, his his flaws are was willing to, to kind of like you said, critique that idea. And to see that dynamic between the two brothers. Uh yeah. Definitely, it grounds uh, Jan, it. Jan de Bont and and Chris Christopherson. Um, do do I think that they really play well as brothers? It's it's a little <laughs> it's a little rough. Um, yeah. But but I think the idea is enough to carry it through to uh, to completion. So um, yeah, I I'm in total agreement. I I think this is probably in probably one of my favorite Armitage films. Uh, yeah. Overall, um, it, it's my number two on the list. Yes. Uh, Ah, uh, nice. I wonder what number one is. No, sure. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like you, I was really surprised to see Bernadette Peters in this role, and I, th- I think it's her character that actually grounds the film for me. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And it's it's that it's that repetition that she has in her character of basically this. I know you from somewhere. Uh, you know this <laughs> yeah. whole like, this whole bit that she does with every every man she meets, and 
you see the turn happen whenever Jan uh, comes and and meets her, and he he says, "Oh yeah, from this this place uh, at this time," and she's and she starts laughing because mm-hmm. it's like she he gets the, he gets it he gets the joke. Yeah, and I don't know why I found that so fascinating, but I think it's just the humanity of her character really came out. Yeah, um, like because really, while I, I appreciate what he was doing with the the narrative as a whole, the characters are still fairly one note. You don't really sure. get a whole lot of depth with with anyone, uh, yeah. except for maybe maybe the mayor and the sheriff, maybe um, maybe, <laughs> but that's about it. Like you, you still have. I would say that they're no better than the mayor of of uh, of in Jaws, uh, as far as the <laughs> as far as yeah. the depth. And so, um, yeah, I I think she was the one that grounded the movie for me in the sense that her character was drawn beautifully, and and Bernadette Peters is is just great in general. She uh, is. She, I've never seen her be bad in a movie. I've seen films I didn't like, but I've yeah. never seen her do a bad job. And so, it's just refreshing to see. A, a female character drawn so vividly and yeah. really to be drawn with the most depth of any character in the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, that's and some of that depth is, is she's a little inscrutable. Like, yeah. like you point out the, I know you from somewhere that, mm-hmm. that she's kind of operating on her own level. She plays the character with such vulnerability that you, you see the sense of how the town is going in a way that's less goofy and funny than, oh, fights are breaking out or, oh, uh, Aaron's going to come in and, and demand money or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it plays out on a human level. And, yeah, I, I total agreement with you. That's such that's that's the first example of for me uh, of of Armitage doing the thing that he does about subverting the expectations of a of a genre film mm-hmm. that he just, he adds something in there. That's a little bit more human, a little surprising. You know, we've seen hints of that in the previous two movies. This is where it's fullest. And the thing that I'm going to really appreciate in my favorite film. Well, this is one of my favorite films yeah. of his. So <laughs> mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. And, and I think, I think to some extent there's, there's something really great about how she literally just drops Aaron like a sack of potatoes yep. towards the yep. end. Like she has her own wants and desires. Like she's yep. not bound to any man. Uh, and that's, I mean, from what we've seen of Armitage so far and, and from the rest of the seventies, uh, canon, that's not something <laughs> you see often. Like you see women that are that are inextricably inextricably tied to the lives of men, and even if they're horrible people, like they they stick around them, they're trying to save them or or you redeem them. Exactly, and she exactly. she recognizes this is not a man who's going to get redeemed. Uh, yeah, and that's that's kind of brilliant. Uh, yeah, she <laughs> just, she just rides out of town. Exactly, yeah. she's like, I'm going with you. Uh, she yep. she goes with a uh, I forget his brother's name, but uh, <laughs> Yondabont. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so here's where I'm going to stop you because okay. I screwed up and I said Jan de Bond in the intro. <laughs> it's Jan Michael Vincent. Oh, <laughs> so, dang. <laughs> so no, we're going to need to re-record the intro there. Nice. But, uh, that works uh, for me. Uh, yeah, because I pulled up my IMDb. I, so we'll do that at the end. Yeah, that works. <laughs> we'll, that works. We'll catch him there. Yeah, that'll be the um, uh, post-production. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah, that's that's – that's something unique. I think there's just Absolutely. a lot of surprisingly unique elements to this film, even though it still uh, plays like a '70s canon film. Oh, uh, oh yeah, so. and 
Did you take pleasure in any of the uh, this, the 70s exploitation of it? Did, did, did that delight you as much as it did me? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't have as much. Uh, I've got a lot more uh, tied to exploitation than okay. I do exploitation or anything like that. Sure. So, so part of the reason why I probably enjoyed Hitman as much as I did is because I kind of know some of the cliches and some of the yes. tropes that are that are part of exploitation. But I think... The few exploitation or what I would think would fit within that genre, I've seen. I don't know as many of the cliches, and so sure. I went at this film just expecting to enjoy it partially because Chris Christopherson. I really like him yeah. as an actor generally. He's great, and uh, and to see him, this I think this is one of his first films, if not his first, um, and to see kind of a. He hadn't quite found his his niche yet, and, and no. so, but you don't have to do a whole lot in order to play a <laughs> play a, <laughs> kind of a uh, revenge filled uh, army vet, you know, who comes yeah. to town and tries to, you know, set the town straight. But I went into it just not knowing a whole lot about the subgenre as a whole, and I just found the the characterizations of small town America, especially a small town, I'm guessing Appalachia, um, to be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't live in that area, so I couldn't tell you the accuracy. <laughs> I'm assuming they're not accurate, but I think on the whole, it, it, it nailed like what I think of when I think of a redneck or a hick in my head. Um, yeah. and that's, that's really all you want from a exploitation film. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. Yeah. I, well, you assume Appalachia. Uh, don't don't get angry at me. Yeah. I assumed someplace in Texas. Oh, okay. um, that works. <laughs> it, 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 it takes place in California. Um, uh, see, that makes sense. It, it makes sense to you because I, I feel like, and this is a thing that's that's through there um, through the movie. It's borrowing kind of salt of the earth, yeah. uh, uh, working man. Uh, sort of tropes and language and, 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 and the, the ethos, um, associated with that. But I don't associate that with California. No. Um, so, no, there's I a don't. transplanted yeah. element to yes. this that I was wondering, did, did, did that ring true to you or did that feel, did it feel false? Were you bothered by the salt of the earthiness of oh, the movie? So, yeah, I think there's an element there that that would have been problematic if I hadn't traveled through Northern California, okay, which tends to be a lot more conservative, a lot more blue collar, okay. Um, and so while I don't think even Northern California would fit the the type of mm-hmm. say Appalachia or Texas or or whatever you want from kind of your Midwestern uh, stock of characters, mm-hmm. I think there's enough about Northern California which I can't. I can't say that this takes place in Northern California, Okay, but if right, it right. did, I could see that being at least um, a viable option, even if it's slightly exaggerated um, because yeah. within a, w- within a more liberal state, you're still, you, even your conservatives are going to be a little bit more on the center, you know, as far sure. as their politics um, with a few outcasts here and there, I'm sure. But I think on the whole, uh, it didn't bother me so much. And partially because unless the setting is a central part of the storyline, it's easier for me to forget where it's sure. taking place and, and it doesn't ultimately bother me. Sure. So. How about the, um, 
how about the I, boy, I don't know how to word this. How about, it's not quite conservative politics of yeah. the film. But again, it does build a big ethos off of the working man is inherently good. Yeah. Um, and and there that for me rings. It's it's a little it's a little frightening to me yeah. um, that, that uh, we see a lot justified, uh, at least today, on the grounds of this is what the, the true American is. This mm. is the real American. And what's good for the real American is inherently good. Um, and, and there's aspects of that here in this movie. And, and perhaps the clearest part is the the, the finale it, which happens during a revolutionary day parade. Yeah. And so our, the, the people who are overthrowing Aaron are dressed as revolutionary war soldiers. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I found that surprisingly elegant for, a, yeah. for this type of movie, the way I didn't see that coming. Um, well at the same time, a little heavy handed and maybe uh, not bad per se, but en- enough where, it, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um, the way that you know tea party politics are used today. Did it? How did that work with you? So, so I think it might have bothered me more uh, because we're we're probably at least pretty much in agreement on politics in some areas. Um, but I think on the whole, if I hadn't been so chuckle worthy in general, um, the the whole ending battle. <laughs> uh, seeing a bunch of guys dressed up in revolutionary garb versus yeah. a bunch of guys dressed up in marching band outfits. That's right. Um, well, red coats. Yeah, too, red right? coats. Exactly. <laughs> um, but with the with the marching band uh, helmets yeah. <laughs> on, and and it's just hilarious. Like that, I found the whole ending to be just almost slapstick funny, even though sure. there's violence and and various sorts yeah. kind of going on in the midst of it. But I think. I think there's enough, I guess, confusion of types that's going on in the film Mm -hmm. that it didn't ultimately bother me um, Mm -hmm. because that's the idea of the true American is is something that continues to uh, tick me off uh, in in everyday life. And so um, but I think the fact that who they're fighting are basically uh, Vietnam vets who are probably going through PTSD of, of yeah. sorts. And the fact that the fact that the film paints uh Vietnam War vets shows one of two things. Either either the the nation hadn't shifted on how we viewed Vietnam War vets yeah. at that point and that's in 76 or uh Armitage just his own politics was leaking in to the uh, the scripting and so yeah. um it's hard to tell and and i think because of that this idea that you know the revolutionary war garb is being worn by the good guys quote unquote yeah, yeah. and and they're going up against the british quote unquote yeah um it didn't bother me because i knew that he was playing around with those types and that the confusion there was so interesting whether yeah. he intended it or not um that it didn't it didn't take me out like it, it didn't take me out of the uh, out of the film because there was enough dynamics going on that it actually i found myself just being fascinated with the whole the whole kind of setup of the film how mm-hmm. you're you're expecting this but then you end up with this weird battle that that almost mocks the american revolution 
and yeah. yet we're it actually ends up being a civil war yeah like a oh, common yeah. man versus the 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 soldier who returns from a war that was unpopular yes uh and yes. so it's 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 interesting like i think the the imagery itself is troubling but i think there's enough going on there that didn't really take me out so i can totally see that yeah and i and i i do love the critique of vietnam that's happening there Mm -hmm. um that the sense of we've brought uh we've done this action in order to um uh, make life better for ourselves and it's having these terrible consequences and and i i mean i i wonder if we're a little divided on this i think christopherson does a really good job of playing somebody who's haunted a little bit by that you know who's not necessarily a bad guy Mm -hmm. but he's been he's had to do bad things and he can't quite shake that off i mean there's that there's that thing that he keeps bringing to ben his brother throughout the entire movie where he's just you know you you wanted this this is you you made me into this and now this is how it's going to play out and and i I think that's really smart. I, I think this movie is, in, again, incredibly smart for, yeah. for an exploitation movie. Well, well I, think, I think you almost pull off of that, a, this, this idea that even today, like we can look at that film and say we, we're basically doing the same thing. We're, yeah. we're parading our love and reverence for a soldier that we do not care for. Like, practically speaking, we do not give benefits to Yes. People who come back from war, yep. we don't take care of them. We don't we don't pay attention to their mental health. We don't take care of, you know, them as far as their finances, their families, things like that. And so exactly whenever we give reverence to them, we give them the sense that, well, you can pretty much do whatever you want to do, even though yeah. we're not actually helping you exactly. live a, a fruitful life. And so what happens is Chris Christopherson, he, yeah. he does what he needs to do to survive. And yeah. And whether or not that's that's good for the town or bad for the town, it doesn't matter because yeah. we brought them into the space, and now we have to pay the consequences. So that's yeah, that's great. We destroy <laughs> yeah, the so, humanity, yeah. and then this exactly. is what's yep. yeah, yep. and we want to ignore it. We want to put it under all of these parades yeah. and memorials that are actually misremembering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Boy, the more that we're talking about this movie, the more I like <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> same here. Same here. Um, and you know it's it's weird even when i was watching this movie in the moment like i i had i was recognizing some of these kind of fissures in in the the cultural understanding of that time period like yeah and how it applies to this this day now i i literally came up with that that last you know thought just as we were talking about it yeah but the elements of you know the vietnam war vet coming back and and being troubled and yeah. Uh, being looked up to as the guy who's going to set things straight, but if he's not on the right page as far as his health or his benefits, then yeah, you know, how's that actually going to help anything? So, exactly. Um, but yeah, I and and here's the question for you. I and this is the this is the question that you can ask of any film of any time period. Like, mm-hmm. at what point do we give credit where? to to the filmmakers and at what point are we drawing all of this out of the film itself because of our present situation sure sure (laughs) that's you know um i that's the old intentional fallacy uh you know Mm -hmm. it's 
it doesn't doesn't make a difference to me. It's yep. there in the movie, yep. and so uh, not to get all you know Roland Bard on the whole thing, Ooh, but we're go. we're we're making the <laughs> the meaning here yeah. as we talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, and that said, I'm gonna undercut myself a little bit. This is what Armitage does. Yeah. Um, he makes things a little bit more complex. He finds notes of humanity in in genre movies, and 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 so I, I don't want to, I don't. On the one hand, I say I don't care <laughs> if he intended it or didn't intended <laughs> yeah. it. On the other hand, it does track with me um, yeah. with his style. Mm-hmm. The, this, yeah, uh, even more than the outsider bit that you're tracking. This is the bit that 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 I like in his yeah, movies. I, exactly. I think I think he's smart working with genre, or at least tries to be mm-hmm. smart and interesting in there. So well, and I I think this is the first fully realized version of that. Yes, in, in his uh, in his catalog, um, there's elements of that in all of his other films, but they don't quite they're not quite as cohesive. Uh, this I one, I think, is the first time we start seeing an actual cohesive vision of what he's yeah. trying to do uh, with the complication of narratives. And so, Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I I really I really love this film uh, <laughs> and I think I actually love it way more than I did going into this this discussion. Yeah, um, but. Is there anything about it that you just absolutely despised? Like outside of your your complicated <laughs> feelings with yeah uh, the ending and and kind of the the reenactment of the Revolutionary War kind of idea. Yeah, that was actual cockfighting, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yep. so that that bothered me. I mean, mm-hmm. we we go from a a rape as revenge scene in the first movie yep. to. We, we, the dog fighting scene, you're right, it was probably faked, but it still bothered me. Yeah. This had to be real. This had to be real yeah. cock fighting in there. And it was just I, I like slapped my forehead when we got to that part. I'm like, oh, George, come on. Yeah. Stop it with these. I'm happy to say it goes man. away after that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But there's a way. <laughs> yeah, that was the part that I just yeah. like it's even in my new no, it's just like, oh good. Cockfighting. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's the part I hated. I How about so, you? Yeah, it's really a, really a lot of it for me is just the the elements of characters uh, not quite working cohesively sure. together. Like I said, sure. the, the brother relationship yeah. works on a on a very surface level, yeah. um, but I never felt like uh, Jan Michael Vincent actually cared. Yeah. about chris christopherson's character like not yeah. really like he 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 gives a little bit of an honor to the guy but yeah. their their stories are so delineated and there's very yeah. little time for them to actually have an emotional bond which yeah. would have made the film way better because if you had jan michael and vincent at the end with very strong love for his brother yeah that would have made a lot more conflict in the final <laughs> conclusion which would have added more to Absolutely. what was already there so absolutely um, those that stuff like it's while i i don't really um don't like it it never really took me out of the film and, and so yeah i i didn't like the cockfighting um <laughs> either um especially since it's i no one cared about chickens at that time i'm sorry no <laughs> one cared about roosters it just yeah. wasn't a thing and so having a yeah. real cockfight was not going to be really I mean, yeah. there was probably some uh, animal rights people out there that would have, you know, come to the rescue. But on the whole, I don't think that was really part of the part of the uh, the agenda. 
at the time. No, so. no, but darn it if it didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But so, do you know, so to, to switch things back around mm-hmm. to, to positive, um, did you see the first sign of real quality early on in the movie when Dick Miller appears as a piano player in one of the first scenes? No. Yep. Yep. I don't really? know. I don't, I don't written down any lines that he has, but okay. yeah, he's sitting there playing the piano and then that was like, <laughs> Oh, we're quality movie now. It's, it's bumped up. <laughs> I, did <laughs> I don't not know why he that. didn't pull some Corman, uh, uh, strings earlier to get him in there, but yep, we awesome. got a Dick Miller scene. I'm glad. I'm, so I'm I, very glad. That almost makes me want to go watch it again. So I can <laughs> see that part. Cause I do not remember that at all. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, is there uh are there any other areas that you found to be uh worth mentioning? No, there's nothing else that I needed to yeah. talk about with it. I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's a pretty straightforward movie. Yeah. Um it's smart, but it is still a exploitation movie. Yeah. Um and so it it knows what you want to see and, and and it gives it to you kind of on a straight line. Yeah. And then it and then it smartly kind of tries to subvert it. Yeah, uh, exactly. If you're, if you're paying attention, you know, yes. anyways. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I I totally agree, and I don't really have anything else that I want to uh, dig into. So, well, that's all for so gross, much such point, much blank this week. We have been your hosts, Blake Collier and Joe George. If you like what you hear, then head over to iTunes and send us up. Next week, we will continue on with our minute by minute exploration of the gross point blank. Subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. Remember, this podcast is us. Breathing. Thank you for listening to So Gross, Such a Point, Much Plank on the Film Inquiry Podcast Network. If you like what you've heard, head on over to Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. Every bit of feedback we get helps us expand our audience more. If you don't like what you've heard, then you're probably either Yandabon or Jan Michael Vincent and you have every right to be angry. Uh, sorry about that. We should have done better. Our podcast theme music is from Jans, and that's spelled Y-O-N-S. You can find more of Jans's work at jansofficial.com. Our intro music for this episode is Old Ripper by Brendan Wood. Our intro music comes from Jeff Hansen. Our podcast artwork comes from Jeff Wyrick. You can follow the show on Facebook and on Twitter at SoGrossPod, and that's gross with an E. Follow Blake on Twitter at Lost in Osmosis, and you can follow Joe on Twitter at JAGeorgeII. Thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week with So Gross, Such Point, Much Blake. Hey, 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 bing, 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 bang, popcorn. Yeah, whatever.